0: The person who gets the most done has the least excuses. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozlowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring you guests from around the world who are going to inspire, motivate, and educate you to take you into places of action in areas of life, leadership, and business. And today, my special guest is the bankroll your brilliance expert, of CEO of NRJ Enterprises, Nicole Roberts Jones, is a uniquely gifted at one thing drawing out the best in you, and helping you take your brilliance to the bank. A veteran of the entertainment industry, Nicole worked in talent management and casting before shifting her talents to help others bankroll their brilliance through her Brilliance Mastery Academy. She now works with entrepreneurs, creating multiple streams of income from what they already know. In order to build an empire from their expertise. Additionally, Nicole works with corporations to assure their executives and middle managers push their internal edge and step into their true power of their gifts and talents at their work. Her clients have included Steve Harvey World Group, Dell EMC, McDonald's, Blue Cross Shield, Blue Shield, Lisa Nichols. And the motivating the masses coach diversity institute and the boss network and working mother magazine just to name a few nicole is also nationally recognized as a transformational speaker bankroll your brilliance and best-selling author of four that's it four books (laughs) and the most recent being find your fierce she lives with her husband in the suburb of boston Massachusetts, consulting, writing, and creating breakthroughs for her clients. Welcome to the show,
1: Nicole. Yeah, I'm so excited. Listen, that bio's already... um. Change because now I live in DC. I just recently moved to the DMV. So I'm beyond excited to be (laughs) here and ready to uh, rock and roll with you, Deborah. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, well,
0: you're so welcome. And I'm really excited to uh, interview you. And I was like, Boston, I'm actually running the Boston Virtual um, Marathon this weekend. And I was like, hey, I
1: wonder how crowded it gets where you are. (laughs) Right. Right, right, right. (laughs) And what's so funny is my good girlfriend's running in it. So I've been getting emails from her and all that fun stuff. But yeah, it's only been a month that I've moved. So it's still new that I'm gone from Boston. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I want to just jump in and let everybody get to know a little bit about
1: you. So when did you actually start your entrepreneur journey and why? So I never set out to be an entrepreneur, to be honest with you, Deborah. So this year, actually September 19th, uh, marks 28 years that I've been doing this work. So as you read in my bio, I started in the entertainment industry. And listen, I was doing the thing I have dreamed of since I was seven years old. I loved every minute of it, right? And at the same time, I felt like something was missing. Now, mind you, I was going to all the hot Hollywood parties. I'm buffing elbows with the stars. I've worked with big platforms. On, i worked on the number one TV show on Fox. I mean, I can go on and on, and I loved it. And so literally what happened is, and really, again, I would have never said I was going to be an entrepreneur. God had to sneak it up on me. So what happened is in the middle of me feeling dazed and confused because all my girlfriends kept saying, are you crazy? What do you mean you feel like something's missing? And you went to this party and you work on this show and you, this person knows your name and you know, all this stuff that sounds great. But at the dark of the night when I was by myself, that started to be my biggest nightmare, as crazy as that sounds, right? So one Friday night, one of my girlfriends asked me to volunteer to youth program at our church, you know, innocent Friday night. And that's not usually how I spend my Friday nights, at least not then. And so as I walked in that church that night and started working with young women, as their eyes lit up, my heart lit up. And I said, oh my God, this is it. And so what I did not know then is I was coaching because in 1993, y'all, we didn't, at least I hadn't heard of coaching, right? And I didn't know that I could get paid to do this thing. But the one thing I knew in that moment was my soul was alive. And so I had a decision to make. And I'm sharing the story this way, because some of you that are listening might be at that place where you have the corner office, you have the title, you have the expense account, you have the job you've always wanted, and you're matriculating very well in that industry. And yet, you know, there's another level or something different for you. And so that is kind of where I was. And I had to make a decision. Do I stay in this thing that is the only way people would ever define me? It was perception and public opinion and all these things of what people were saying, or do I go after this thing that was lightened up my soul? And so I went after that thing. And so I started as a volunteer and over time, it grew into what is now my full-time job.
0: (laughs) And it's amazing, you know, for our audience who is either listening to us on the podcast apps or through watching us on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people... Need to realize that when you do things that help you come alive, like you said, you can have all these things the corner office, and but if it's not jazzing your soul and it's not taking you to places that feed you, then you can have really a scarcity or poor mindset
1: because mm-hmm. you're not fulfilled, you don't find meaning in what you're doing. And it could be that, but I'm gonna tell you, and so many people talk about that, but I was fulfilled. This is the thing that, that I think so many people don't talk about. This. I loved every minute of it. But what you've got to know is when that level is over. I often call it matriculating, like, you know, how we matriculated through education. You know, you started kindergarten and you go to yeah. high, I mean, elementary and then junior high and then high school and every school system is different. But at some point you matriculate. Well, your purpose, the thing that you're great at matriculates in the same way. So it wasn't that entertainment was bad. I loved it. But that was done. I had already gotten everywhere I could go. Well, I could have gone higher and been like an executive producer, but what I realized is there was more my, that my gift could do. So now I really do still produce people. And my by the way, even when I shifted from entertainment to then start working with teenage girls, I thought that was it. But it wasn't because my girls started becoming grown and they started having grown folk issues. Like I have the job always wanted and I don't feel fulfilled or yeah. like me where I feel like something is missing. And so that is how I started doing the work I do now where I'm really help them understand what is their brilliance and how do you align that with the work that you do and not just align it for my business owners, how do I create multiple streams of revenue from it? And so it took me, t- you know, I had to go through a same matriculation system even with my purpose. So, yeah. I had to share that because sometimes it's not that you're unfulfilled, and sometimes yeah. it is. Yeah. So, the question comes out to be what's next for me? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Michelle Obama wrote this about this in her book, Becoming Now. If you didn't read the book, don't worry. I'm not going to tell you the whole book. It's just one little section, I think it's chapter 10 where she talks about the fact that she went to law school. We all know she, you know, she's a lawyer. She matriculated in a profession and I mean, she went to Harvard first of all. Okay. So I can leave it at that, but she got all the way up to, I believe almost a partner, right. Where she had to decide, do I go up or do I go out? And she decided to go out because she wasn't happy. She hated it. She was good at it, but she hated it. Yeah. And then she thought, well, what do I do? Because this whole career I've spent you know matriculating through law and I remember I shared the same thing at an event I was speaking at and a woman said well do you think it was a waste for her to go to law school and I said do you think that she would have been a phenomenal first lady without it right because all the decisions she had to make all the time she was calm when I don't know if I'd have been calm some of the things she dealt with it's all that law school training that she had so literally, you know, when you look at where she is now and all the things she's been able to do, all those things have developed her into who she is in her own matriculation and her own career. Yeah.
0: When you think about your own journey and thinking about, like, I like to call it the golden thread, mm-hmm. the thread that of all the things that have brought you to today, can can you
1: see in hindsight why some doors closed? Mm, mm, that's such a good question. You know, I think... A couple reasons for me. One is because I'm such a people person and I love people. And I think some doors close because I'll never let people go. <laughs> my problem is when I love on you, I love, and I remember my mother or my aunt told me this, you can't date people's potential, right? And so I also hire people's potential. And so I can see more for you. And it, it's also the, my gift as a coach is that I can see your potential, what your gift can be, which is great as a coach. But when you are on my team and you're not living in your potential and hindering me, I need to learn to let go. So I think that has been the hardest thing for me is realizing when that person's time is up and listen, it doesn't make them a bad person. It just means that maybe you're growing and now you need a new level of, of what you need to be for. Right, so that's been one of my hardest lessons.
0: (laughs) And then there's that phrase like, "What got you here is not gonna get you there." So when you, you know, new level, new devil, you gotta slay that giant.
1: Mm Mhm, I love it. You're speaking my language, girl. Because I always say that, you know, God created you with a giant in mind for you to slay, right? And so as you, like you said, new level, new devil. So as I've grown in my own gifts, so what I did when I was working with teenage girls, I'm like twenty times you know, grown bigger. I'm not minimizing that level of Nicole when I was in my twenties and thirties, right? And I'm in my fifties now. I'm not minimizing who she is, but what I am saying, I've grown so much, but if you can either become bitter or better, or I always say you can either be buried or nurture. So let me explain to you bitter, better, We kind of know that, but buried or nurture. Here's what I've learned is there's a seed of purpose in you. The things you're good at, no coincidence, right? you have a natural propensity for some things that is part of your DNA, your distinct natural ability that got placed in you at birth. So either you're watering that seed and nurturing it, or it's buried in the ground. And we know we bury, right? Things that are no longer alive. Pamela okay, i say it like that. Yeah. But if you nurture it over time, it comes out of the ground, but even when it comes out of the ground, you got to prune it you've got to fertilize it. Sometimes you've got to do the thing. So it continues to grow. And so I think the hardest thing for me is sometimes the hardest part for me is pruning, letting people go, letting things go. Even when I had to let go of my teenage program, because I don't work with teenage girls anymore. That was the hardest thing for me. And it kept falling apart. And I remember thinking, why is this falling apart? And what dropped in my mind is you keep res- resuscitating a dead baby, let it die. Oh, I wouldn't let it go because it was, I was tied to my identity. That was so hard for me. Yeah. And I think it's important to know that's because even when people hit, hit a certain level, um, elite
0: athletes, uh, people who are retiring from a yeah. very high position, or even they might have that identity tied to who they
1: are, mm-hmm. but if you strip away the identity, who are you? Yeah. Even as you're saying that, it's making me think of Michael Jordan. Remember how he started kind of pseudo-retirement, and started playing baseball, and he was horrible at baseball? It's like, what are you doing? He's trying to recreate it over here instead of looking at what else could he do in retirement? Maybe get on businesses. I mean, he could do something so different than playing another sport. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I think of Wayne Gretzky, he's still in the hockey field, but he's already started, you know, branching off to whiskey and, you know, yeah. wine and all these other things. So when you can start planning ahead for that transition, it makes that transition a lot smoother. Oh, so good, so good. I wanna jump into, you know, you were talking earlier when you're aligning. One of the things, you know, I know you really need to focus on aligning your purpose with the brand in your business. Can you share why you believe that's important?
1: So I'll share um, with, cause my, my book and you said, find your fierce, right? So i want to share with you because this is kind of an epiphany I had. So let me just tell you the second part of my story and then I'll answer that. And I'm telling you this uh, when I answer it, it makes sense. Okay. So, so I had that epiphany moment in my church. I started working with teenage girls. So 17 years later, now we're in 2010. By then, I had 10 chapters of that youth program in 10 churches in 10 cities throughout the country, and we were growing by leaps and bounds. So that little program became a national nonprofit. Then I started a for-profit coaching women, like all of you, and I do coach men now as well, right? And so I had a max out coaching client roster. I couldn't take another client. So I wrote my first book in 2010, thinking, oh, I'll give the stuff to principals to people I can't coach, and then it could be a fundraiser for my nonprofit. Well, that's when my speaking career started taking off. So I had finally gotten my business to the place that I dreamed of in 1993 in that moment in church when I know how the heck I was going to do it. And I was so excited. I mean, every single weekend I'm at a women's event. I'm at an entrepreneurial symposium. I'm loving it, but I'm only making $13,000 a year, Mm. 13,000, right? That's not a typo uh, coming out of my mouth, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I pretty much had a big fat community service because you can't live on thirty thousand dollars So I still had a daytime job and my daytime job, I was an adjunct professor. I'm sharing that with you because what I also learned is you can't coach yourself. You have blind spots. So to make a really long story short, I was done. I was frustrated. I was ready to quit and I hired a coach and I said, this is going to be it. I'm going to put it all in Lord. If this is really you, you better show me something through this coach because I'm done. And my first coach, my coach in my first session showed me me. So I'm saying all that because what she began to show me was how I had been teaching other people how to make money, but I wasn't making money because I hadn't stopped long enough to systematize what I had been doing with other people. Duh. I call it a blueprint now. And now I really teach this is my main focus. And I went from 13,000 to 200,000 in six months. And I did it so quickly because this is my genius. So why am I sharing that with you? Because after I started learning this for me and I started teaching people, what dropped in my spirit one day, I'm watching Beyonce. And I would say I was hating on her a little bit, but I was having a full on <laughs> jealous moment. Cause you need to know if I could sing, baby, I'd be on stage right with her, okay? I would already started way before her. Anyway, so I'm watching her and what drops in my spirit is you have fears too. I'm like, I know God is not talking to me while I'm watching Beyonce, right? But here's what you have to know. When she created Sasha Fierce is because she was at a place where she was being called to up-level her gift. She had been in a group all those years and, and she used to talk about how shy she was. Well, on stage, when you got people around you, it's easy, easier, right? Right. <laughs> now she even has to get on stage by herself. So she has to conjure up this alter ego in order for her to be all of who God was calling or purpose her to be. So in that moment, when I was not doing my business, I wasn't living in my fierce. I was doing things I saw other people doing. Oh, she does an online program. Let me do that. Made no money from that. Oh, so-and-so's doing such and such. I had to stop long enough to get clear on who I was and stop trying to be a cookie cutter everybody else. And so in that moment, I started going, oh my God, that's it. That's what I teach. Oh my God. And so literally imagine what life has looked like, looks like when you stand in all of who you are, when you are uh, both Lois, not Lois Lane, you're Clark Kent and Superman, you don't have to like be both. You can be Superman all day long, right? Or for the women, nobody ever realizes who Donna Prince is, but I got to say this for the ladies, right? Because we're on a millionaire woman show. When you're Wonder Woman and you you can let Donna Prince go, you could be Wonder Woman all day long. And so that to me is what made the difference for me is really seeing that there's one lane that I was meant to dwell in and I don't need to be anything else for anybody else.
0: So powerful. And you know, when I think about Beyonce and I think about when you talk about that jealousy, when people feel jealous is actually because they know that inside them, they got that too. And it's a call to action to say, come on, get off of it and go after it. Well, I love that. I love that you share it.
1: And Marianne Williamson has a quote. I'm not going to say the whole quote. Part of it says, when we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And that is exactly. So instead of me, and you can shift that emotion, that negative emotion, little hateration, into what can I learn from that? And so the thing I love about watching Beyonce now that I'm out of hateration mode, I'm in admiration mode, (laughs) is that she always up levels herself. So, you know, she did the Lemonade whole visual album. Then she did Coachella right after having the, the twins. It's like, Lord, I don't know that I could have done that after having twins. So I just love watching her just continue to think out of the side of the box and grow in her own gift.
0: And everyone listening and watching you, you can do the same, you know, it's time to think about up-leveling. What is one area of your life that you can up-level? Yeah. So when, when we're talking about the most important thing, especially if people are starting a business or, you know, especially, you know, right now we're in the midst of the pandemic, people are, have either lost jobs or they're contemplating
1: on doing something for themselves. What, what should they be focusing on if they're starting a business? The one thing. You know, uh, there's a saying, um, the riches are in the niches, It's sounds so corny. But literally, when you can get really, really clear, laser light clear on what's the one thing that everybody's coming to you for, and you begin to do only that thing. The thing that I have noticed in the pandemic, the one thing that never gets canceled is your purpose, your one thing, right? So the more clear you can get, so I could call myself a business coach, but I'm not. My gift is I can help you bankroll your brilliance different. Because if you ask me if you should be an LLC or S Corp, I don't know, (laughs) right? If you want me to set up the infrastructure of your business, I can't help you with that. Call a lawyer, call an accountant. But for years when I was making $13,000, I was being everybody's coach. And when you try to speak to everybody, nobody hears what they need from you. So just that piece. And so many other pieces were a game changer. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we've got to learn is how do we get clear on the one thing?
0: And, you know, what would be one tip, you know, as as the bankroll, your brilliance expert, what would be a tip? How do we go about even doing that?
1: So pay attention. I always say your client is the expert, not you. So those of you that don't have clients yet, you have people that call you, you know, the people that call you say, oh, can I run this past you? Or can I take you to coffee? Or they come in your office, they want to pick your brain. They're telling you that thing. And, and what I've noticed, and this happened with me too, which is why I fell for 13, excuse me, 17 years, is we discount it. Oh, doesn't everybody know how to do this? Oh, this is easy. Yeah, it's easy for you. And because it's so easy, you think, oh, I, no one's going to pay me for that. Are you kidding me? right? When I started to get clear that, listen, when I worked in entertainment, I was good at casting. I loved casting. What do I do now? I'm still casting. I'm putting you in the right role in your business, right? And then even the next thing I did was producing around comedy and management. So even with that, I'm still producing. So when you're clear, it shifts everything. So instead of you being in your head, pay attention to what people are coming to you for right? And then for those of you that are going to say to yourself, but I'm, people come to me for so many things. Let me just say this upfront. There's only one Beyonce and Destiny's child. So it's the thing that, that stands out from the rest. So it's the one thing that people come to you for the most. So I get calls for relationship advice all the time from my girlfriends. You will never see me be a relationship coach. Never, right? So you've got to be clear on what the one thing is. So spend some time paying attention,
0: I love that. Because, you know, it's right in front of you. (laughs) And it's like, because you're in the midst of it, sometimes you can't see it. And all the more reason to have a coach in your back corner to ask you those questions, to drill down so that you can really set yourself up for success.
1: Right. And this is what I earlier I said it, and I'm not sure if um, some of you picked up on it, blind spots. You know, when we're driving in a car, you have a rear view mirror and a side mirror, but they still tell you to turn all the way around and look at your blind spot where your coach is the one that looks at your blind spots. And I can say that because that first coach, and I still, I still have coaches now, that first coach, like when she told me the one thing she said on the first call, I probably because it's hung up and been done because that moved me into six figures, right? It moved me from broke to bankable, but it was just, it was so simple, but I didn't see it because you can't coach yourself. So it's, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah,
0: I remember when I had one of my biggest failures, actually, and I hired a coach mm-hmm. and it was not, you know, something lightly <laughs> to be taken because I had this debt to pay off
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I hired her and it was a pretty penny and I moved into action fast. Yeah. I, and not only did I gain traction, I also paid off what I needed to pay off. So um, Don't discount like needing a coach because I can tell you from my own experience that
1: it makes a world of difference, and you'll and, always find a way. And, and I was gonna say, and you got to do it afraid. So that first coach co- cost thirty thousand. You guys remember I said I made thirteen thousand, so I couldn't afford it, but I couldn't afford not to do it. So I said, okay, Nicole, figure it out. I don't have a, I didn't then have a big savings account. I was paying student loans. I'm like, okay, I hope I can pay the minimum balance on this credit card. Let me go ahead and do it and just work really hard, like you said. Yeah. And I literally paid that credit card off in six months. So, but again, I had to do a knees knocking, teeth chattering. I didn't know if I could do it, but I said, okay, I've got to trust the process. Because listen, I've learned not just them, but several different iterations of my business. you got to risk it all to gain it all.
0: Yeah. Now, beautifully said, because I realize even, you know, when, if you don't take that risk, nothing happens and you lose momentum, you lose the traction. Yeah. So I've also heard you say that to have a successful business, you need to move past the marketing.
1: So is it that you don't believe in marketing? (laughs) Love that question. So let me tell you why I don't believe in marketing, because most marketing programs are cookie cutter and they leave out your secret sauce, your fears. And so I'm not saying don't do marketing, but instead I call it dating. So, cause I'm a relationship kind of girl, right? So if my husband came to our first date with my ring, I would have thought this man is crazy. I would have been calling one of my girlfriends, please come get me. But that's what we do when we think, oh, I'm just going to build the the, the the sales page and people are going to buy it. No, that's called a first date. <laughs> and no one's buying it if they don't know you. So you've got to build your no like, and trust factor. And everybody's business is different and everybody's gifts are different. And then your personality is different too. So there's certain things that are, that are intrinsic. Who I be that need to show up if people are going to see me. So when I was dating my husband, he had to know Funny Nicole. He had to know spiritual Nicole. He had to know CEO Nicole, right? I couldn't leave one of those girls out because then he wouldn't get to know the whole me. And then and then I'm laughing because a lot of my girlfriends have, da- have dated and then married the representative and then the real man shows up and then it's a divorce because you weren't dating the real person. Well, the same thing happens in your business landscape. You gotta let people see the real you. Let them date you for a while. Let them see the value you could bring to their business or their life. Then you put a ring on it, which means offer them to work with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So how would someone stand out in the marketplace?
1: Because it can get pretty crowded. It can, but you know, what I believe is there's certain things that are, make me who I am. Like I'm fun. I'm funny, but sometimes I'm corny. So it just depends. Right. So (laughs) there are some people that will say, Ooh, Nicole, you're a lot. And some of you guys watching me now, you're like, Ooh, she's a lot. Cause I'm, you know, I got a all this stuff and by the way my hair would be down but I have so much gray because I'm vain first I'm like okay I can't have my gray but not this much right so that's who I be and I'll talk about being vain I'll talk about Jesus I'm going to talk about this if you're around me you can hear some great music because I love to dance so when it's my idol client, she'll or he'll love all that some people will go oosh you're a lot and I remember I was on a live and a woman said that I said I probably am a lot for you So guess what? Probably not a good fit for you. And that's okay. And then, and I kept talking to someone said, Oh, Nicole, you're funny. No, I was serious. (laughs) So you've got to be, when you are who you are, it will naturally work out one other quick thing. So going back to the dating thing, my husband and I were talking about this. So he was saying, when you're at a bar, how do you know a man's gonna come over and talk to you or not. So that's a dating tip and a business tip, right? And I said, well, if if he's the one, then he's gonna come over without me having to do that much because he is feeling the light in me and he knows, ooh, that's her, right? I don't have to do a lot. Or if he walks over to my girlfriend, I'm not mad at her because he wasn't meant to be with me. He was, even if I thought he was cute, I'd be like, go ahead, girl, right? That means he was meant to be with her and there's no harm, no foul, no foul, right? So you've got to know that whoever's for you you will resonate with them but you've got to allow them to experience you so you're basically saying you don't need to chase clients you don't need to chase people in your life Mm-mm. they will magnetically be drawn to you by who you are and how you show up yep yep but you've got to show up fully and completely you can't you know be fake and and this is why I don't believe in marketing because a lot of them give you scripts what if that script is not in alignment with who you be then you, you're being that representative. I just told you, many of my girlfriends end up divorcing. <laughs> so yeah. you've got to be all of you. Yeah, so it makes a big difference in your ability to serve more people and, and love what you do. Because the other thing that happens is all money's not good money. So when it's a wrong fitting client, oh, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then you're chasing them. <laughs> it's no
0: fun at all. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it takes more energy to go after, you know, collecting money from someone sometimes or then taking the time to make sure that they're right fit in the beginning yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. one
0: of the things you teach your clients is what many people who are watching or listening would think wow if i could wake up and see that there's money that was deposited in my bank how can we do this while we sleep and wake up and then whoop
1: cha-ching so yes so one of the things that was a game changer for me that moved me broke the bankable is is you got to understand there's only eight hours in a day and if everything you do in your business you have to be present you're capping off how much money you can make so back when I told you my story and I told you how to max out coaching client roster that was five people because I was teaching it's like how can I be in the classroom all day and be live with people I can't so you've got to understand how can you package and it's really important the packaging is more important than the online piece because remember i told you i had an online program when my business was struggling so it's not just about creating online programs but you've got to create strategy around your brilliance i call it a blueprint then from that blueprint begin to create ways where you do not have to be present. So like, for instance, I've I've had clients in Singapore, Aruba, in in, uh, London, I mean, all over. And I remember I was talking to my Singaporean client because she reached out after she was done with the program. And I was like, how'd you find me, right? I'm still amazed that I have people all over the world um, that go through my programs, but it's because I really understand my blueprint. I know who I'm for, who I'm not for. I'm not marketing. I'm I'm dating you. <laughs> and then at some point you get invi- invited to work with me, but it come, all of that comes from strategy, not just because I have online programs.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's a resonate, like re- being able to resonate who, with who you work with. And, you know, sometimes people re- refer to that as what, what is the signal I'm putting
1: out in the world? Yeah. 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 And being clear when you get people that are not a good fit, you need to look at what are you talking about? This is a a lot of what I teach my clients, because every day you show up there you are. So if you're getting a lot of wrong fitting clients, that means you're just not speaking the right language. And I'm gonna tell you, I learned this because I had a coach, because again, you can't coach yourself. And she was saying, why are you saying this? And why are you saying that? Oh. By the way, some of that was because I I had some marketing language I had gotten from someplace that I had no business saying. (laughs) So it's really spending time and getting laser focused and laser clear on who your right client is and what's the conversation that you'd have with them so that they can see you as their, their answer, right? And when I say conversation, it's not one conversation. It's a layered conversation. That's every post you're making on social media, that's every time you stand on a stage, that's Everything you're doing on your website should all speak the same language. I like
0: that. And I know from the beginning, you talked about niching down and then expanding and Mm -hmm. that, you know, you work mainly with women, but you did add in that you work with men. And I know that there's women who listen to primarily to this show and there's men as well. So it's not that the message isn't intended for men as well, but it is shared with who would be primarily working with you
1: right and if i'll you tell you you're on that person right i don't know my best fit client is a woman doesn't mean i don't have male clients i do but i don't want a man to feel left out right here but if you ask me who my ideal client is is a professional woman that's wanting to grow her business alongside her nine to five i know that right but if you think about what a target is, target has a, a center ring and then two rings on the outside, right? This is me trying to show you a target, right? <laughs> Those of you that are watching the video. So listen, or just put a target in your mind. If I'm aiming at a target, I'm not aiming at the second ring or the third ring because more than likely if I do that, I'll miss the entire target. <laughs> you aim at the middle. Sometimes you hit the middle and you always aim at the middle. That's your ideal client. But the other two rings were here. So I love when I'm talking about fierce And say, you know, our whole topic was find your fears today. I will get a message from some man that says, well, I know you talked about find your fears, but I think, do you work with men? And I love when they do that because they heard what they needed still. But here's the thing. If I don't focus on the one and I speak directly to that person, then nobody hears what they need from me because then I'm speaking too vague. Right. And they don't hear
0: and it doesn't resonate and hit them because it's emotional. It's an emotional connection. Yeah. 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 Oh, find your fears. I love it. Now we're we're almost at the end of the interview, but I always have these two standard questions that I love to ask is what is one book that has had a profound impact in your life, Nicole?
1: Oh, one of my favorite books is Do It Afraid by Joyce Meyer. Now let me say this because she rewrote it. So it used to be a really thin pamphlet. Now she redid it. I haven't read the revised version, but here's the thing that you have to know. And this speaks to when I hired that first coach. Anybody great in this world has had to say yes in the face of fear. So most of us think fear goes away, it doesn't. So that book blessed me when I read it years ago and every time I'm doing something bigger, I have to pull it back out, dust it off and read it again because it literally, if you're going to play big, you go, you're you going to have to do it afraid.
0: Yeah, and something to remember with that, I love that you said this, Nicole, is that you pull it out and read it again because each time you read it, and I have a few books on my shelf like that, mm-hmm. is that you're at a different level and you're absorbing something different every time you read it. So if there's a book that truly resonates and has gotten you to another level, don't hesitate to pull it out again and read
1: it. Yeah. And what's so funny is on that note, I underline different things every time. I'm like, oh, that note was good. But oh, how come I didn't underline this? And I have so, I, I need to stop doing because the book is all marked up now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So what does it mean to you, Nicole, to live rich from the inside out? Mm. So I'm focused on people and not profit. So you know, many times what I notice is people are looking for an outside answer to an inside yearning. So to live from the inside out is to live a purpose focused life. You know, wanting to give God a great return on His investment because you know He invested DNA in us. So when we get to die and go meet God face to face, right? Will God say back to us, "Well done, you did good, girls"? Is He going to say, "Go back"? you're not done. What happened? I put all that stuff in you. You did nothing. So that's to me, the inside out is really taking time to really take that introspective look to get clear on what is the thing, the one thing you were created to do, and then be willing to do whatever it takes to be it.
0: That's fabulous. Thank you, Nicole. Now the biggest question of all, because I know everybody who's gotten this far in our interview and they're jazzed and they're like, where do I get her books? How do I
1: work with her? Please continue on. So one, I want to give a free gift. So those of you that are ready, whether you are trying to figure out what your purpose is, whether you want to start your business alongside your nine to five, or whether you've already been in business and you're not making predictable revenue, take my brilliance roadmap quiz. So it's brillianceroadmapquiz.com. It will assess where you are on the journey. And then it'll give you your next five days activation all for free. And I created that because I didn't know what to do when I was stuck. And so I wanted to be able to give uh, people the very thing I knew I needed. So that And of course, if you take the quiz, you know, you're gonna be on my mailing list. So you'll hear from me. Um, But if you want to follow me, my my new favorite thing is Instagram in Roberts Jones is where I am on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll have it in the show notes as well and our YouTube description. So please um, reach out, you know, check those things out, reach out to Nicole, do that quiz because you will start to gain some traction just by doing things like this and finding out a little bit more and where that path may lead you. Thank you so much, Nicole, for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. Um, We'll we'll have to have you back to continue on the story at some point. And uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. This was fun. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you, everyone, for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. I'd love for you to go over to my website as well at www.debrakazowski.com. And that's with an S. D-E-B-R-A-K-A-S-O-W-S-K-I.com where you can get your three-part video course, Making Habits Stick. So you can take some of those tips that Nicole talked about, get your fine, your fears, so you can put those into habits that stay in place so you're not derailed and make things happen. As Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Nicole and myself, go out and have a great day.